You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hey everybody, welcome back to another edition of the Unreasonable Odds Podcast brought to you by DraftKings. You'll see another three-man booth here as we head into the divisional round for the playoffs. Of course, Julian Edlow, my co-host on the show as well, but a very special guest. We're rolling out the heavy hitters here to start 2021. <laughs> like We really are starting off well. Drew Dinsick, you might know him. You probably already know him on Twitter as Whale Capper. You can follow him on Twitter at Whale underscore Capper. Already 42,000 followers. So I don't feel like I really need to introduce him that much because many of you already know him already. But if you don't, he also is the host of the Deep Dive YouTube channel. These guys just did a breakdown of the divisional round on Wednesdays. You can go check that out too as well. Drew? Really happy to have you on the show, man. Thanks for coming on. I appreciate the invite. It's always exciting to uh, meet new folks in the space. Love that uh, there is awesome content growing and uh, excited to hear what your guys' takes are on these games. I love new perspectives. Yeah, so we're going to be going over all the NFL games, of course, all odds brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook. Also something special, Julian, coming up this week, the first Odds Boost brought to you by Julian and myself that will be on the DraftKings Sportsbook. We look did for it. That to, look, we finally did it. We it's been a them. long time coming. <laughs> we tricked them. We're going to get some good odds boost for you guys over on the DraftKings Sportsbook. Because you're listening to the podcast, we'll give you a little hint on what's coming up here. Lamar Jackson, over 100 rushing yards. The odds is going to be boosted on that one. Drew's already a fan. He's given some good uh, hand gestures over there. <laughs> but you'll be seeing an odds boost on that one. Make sure to go to the DraftKings Sportsbook. Check that one out. If you're thinking, I don't know, Steve, that might be a tough one to do. He's already done it over three he times. He did it last season. week. He did it last did it week last in the playoffs. Week. When they have to have it in the playoffs, Lamar Jackson runs the ball. Um, but we'll get into it. We'll break down the prop itself later yes. but i'm very excited to go bet my own odds boost this <laughs> that'll be fun so make sure to go check that out over on the DraftKings sportsbook as the games get closer of course games on saturday and sunday we're going to start with the saturday slate we got to start early here rams and packers that is going to be kicking off this weekend's games the packers six and a half point favorites in this one over under relatively small 45 and a half talk about line moving here. The Packers did open up at minus seven and a half, two very good teams at the over, excuse me, against the spread this season, the Rams 10 and seven, three and two against the spread as underdogs mostly been favored this season. Packers 10 and six against the spread eight and five as favorites. That was one of the best in the league. 
The thing where I'm kind of getting held up here is the over-under. We'll get to that in just a second here. But, uh, Drew, opening thoughts on this one. Obviously, some big questions in this one. Who's going to be quarterback first and foremost? I'm sure yeah. that's going to come into play. And then we also have a questionable tag on Cooper Cup, who is dealing with bursitis in his knee. Opening thoughts here, Drew, my man. What do we got? Yeah, I think I had an appetite for some Rams in this one when the when I saw the op- the soft opener last week at eight and a half. I was like, "Ooh, nice! They're gonna give yeah. get us out there over a touchdown. This is gonna be good." But by the time the market limits came up and we were at seven, I kind of felt like, "Well, missed the boat on that." Don't really want to, you know, just grab seven. I definitely didn't feel like laying seven with the Packers because this is a nice matchup for the Rams defensively. Like they kind of, right. I, you know, it's not gonna be easy to stop the Packers from scoring twenty seven points. Period. No, very few teams have done. I think the Bucks may be the only team that really. Uh, I mean, the Bucks and the Vikings, the only teams that have pulled that off this season. So it's going to be tough, but the Rams do match up well to kind of create the right situational stops. And so I thought, okay, well, the Rams should have a chance. But now that we're getting the injury report and now that you know, we're learning more about what's going on with Jared Goff and his thumb situation, it's going to be freezing cold out there, potentially even some weather. <laughs> Uh, I really don't love the idea of a guy with small hands and a broken thumb in freezing cold <laughs> weather uh, being able to be an effective quarterback. So I, you know, the chances that the Rams get their team total, which is like 19 and a half, I think is pretty slim. They're going to need some defensive scores to get that. They're going to need some, you know, some favorable field position with some turnovers or some punt returns or something. They're going to need luck basically. And so I'm going to, I'm going to steer clear of a Rams play in this one after all. Um, and, you know, fundamentally, I think you could see um, the Packers roll out a pretty run-focused approach. Yeah. I mean, a lot has been made this week of Jalen Ramsey versus Devontae Adams and Aaron Donald coming up against, a, you know, a backup left tackle. Well, if I'm Matt LaFleur, I'm, I know that. It's not, he's not going to be surprised. Like, whoa, Jalen Ramsey's really doing well covering Devontae Adams. We got to go to plan B. No, his plan A is going to be, we're going to go with a little bit more run focused approach. We're going to, you know, take advantage where we got it. And uh, I think you could see a pretty healthy dose of Aaron, you know, of Aaron Jones and maybe even some, some Dylan in this one. Um, But I think rushing props is probably the right way to attack or green Bay. And it's a teaser. Like if you can take six and a half down to a half point, or if it closes at seven, taking it down to one, either way, capturing the three with green Bay makes sense to me. So that's how I would approach that one. I'm already liking how this show is going because Drew's throwing out teaser talk and we all know that we love teasers on this show. So Drew, you are welcome back anytime. We we will welcome back anytime. (laughs) If we're going to throw out teaser talk real quick, Julian, before we get to yours, um, so the big thing with me, I mentioned Cooper Cup, obviously questionable for this game with dealing with bursitis. It is expected that he's going to play. But what's disappointing about this too is that you talk about matchup-wise, like he probably draws the best matchup of either receiver on either side in this one against Shandon Sullivan. He has been someone who's allowed a 65% catch rate, an average of 11.7 yards per receptions, where you know guys like Robert Woods, they're going to be drawing the tougher matchups here. So it's going to be vital to attack you know, the Packers in the slot. So if that means that Cooper Cup's in there or not, we know what he can do downfield. He's a great yards after the catch guy, but that's something you definitely want to watch too. If he ends up not playing, that would really put me over the edge with liking the Packers. But Julian, what are your, what are your thoughts on this one? Yeah, it's an interesting game. Like I go back to the Rams in Seattle last week and I, I dumbed it down. Um, yeah. I took Russell Wilson minus three at home. I just thought, the 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 gap at quarterback i i capped it for john walford because that was the guy but i didn't really i didn't really care i honestly wanted golf to start with the broken thumb i dumbed it down and i took the better quarterback minus three at home and didn't think it would be an issue and if we go into that game like drew's talking about they're going to need some luck to cover this one 
that picks if you replay the game over from where that pick six happened without yep. that happened and Seattle just drives down the field, that game's going to be completely different. Uh, and it was, it was the first interception on a screen pass in the NFL this season. That doesn't happen. So you want to talk about luck. That's the ultimate luck. And it, it looked bad. It like, it looked dumb. I was like, what is Wilson doing? But he threw it because you always get the screen pass. It's not going to be intercepted. And it was not only intercepted, but it was returned for a touchdown and it flipped the game upside down. If the Rams can't flip the game upside down defensively and they do have the best defense, Donald can get in there and get pressure. Ramsey's going to be a factor in limiting Adams. Uh, but if they don't get that massive game-changing play against a quarterback in Aaron Rodgers that's playing even better than Russell Wilson – I don't see how it's going to, to happen for them. Now I don't necessarily want to lay this. And especially now that it's moving to six and a half, it's scary because they want you to take the Packers uh, because you're getting the hook there on the touchdown. Uh, you know, what's going on there with the Rams. Can they keep it to a three, six point game? They have the defense. They have the defense too. I don't trust golf and that offense to be able to move the ball. Well at all. Um, I'm, I'm not going to bet the spread either way. This is a, it's six and a half. That's, that's the teaser number. So it, it's yep. really just a question of what your second leg there is, is, is going to be. Um, so that's the big question for me. And, and we're, we're also big prop guys, obviously being in a, in, in the fantasy industry. So looking at those numbers, like no Dylan prop on DraftKings, which would be interesting to have, but Yep. Aaron Jones has already taken some juice on the over 68 and a half rushing yards. It's at minus 125. That seems very fair. And then how much do they mix Jamal Williams in? Because he's a guy that sometimes gets mixed in heavily. His rushing prop, 19 and a half yards. Like yep. it only takes one. It only takes one like 10, 12 yard run from him. And you're going to get there because he'll get a few more carries and get the over. I think that's an interesting one to to look at as well. So teasing Green Bay and looking at rushing props, that's that's where I, I kind of immediately go on this one. I just want to quickly hit on the over-under. And Drew, I want to get your thoughts on this one here. We have two teams that are vastly different on hitting the over-under in these games. We have the Packers 9-7 and seven, hitting the over this year. The Rams only 5-12. and 12. They finally hit an over last week in that game with Seattle, which was the when first every, time. When everybody took the under. Of course, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? But that was the first time the over hit in a Rams game since week 13 against the Cardinals. Drew, with the, when we do end up getting the announced quarterback in this one, do you think that the number is going to fluctuate at all? And is there a number where you would be comfortable taking the over on this one? Because there's always that factor with Aaron Rodgers. He could easily put up 30 points on any given game. But this is also a secondary that has been stellar. And quite frankly, I think it's a big reason why the Rams have gotten as far as they are. Yeah, no, I don't disagree. And I, if, if the Green Bay Packers defense showed a little bit more life late in games and didn't allow garbage time points, then I yep. would say the under is, is a solid, solid play. Um, but, and, and as far as market movement, I think once we know golf goes, um, I wouldn't, I think that's built into what it is now. If there's a surprise and it's not golf, if it's Blake Bortles or something, you know, totally crazy, then, uh, you know, you could see this come down even more, but I real, I think it's probably settled in given some fair assumptions. Um, and you know, kind of in sort of the same sort of spirit as uh, Julian's game state in the Seattle Rams game, you know, if, if the Rams are playing with the deficit in this one, yep. 
I don't know. I don't like their chances to win. That's for sure. Right. But I, but I also am not a hundred percent sure how they're getting yards and chunks. Um, you know, this offense is not great. Uh, you know, I think that's a lot of the, you know, the, the overall spirit we've seen with the unders, you know, is particularly at home for them. Like for whatever reason, the defense plays a little bit better uh, at SoFi. I think they were eight, eight, no to the under this year at home. Whereas on the road, sometimes the game's gotten away from them a little bit. Um, but uh, I think if I had to put pick a side here, it would be the under and I'm going to be, yeah. uh, I'm, I'm probably going to be looking for maybe a little middle opportunity at halftime, just because of how many, uh, you know, late scores the Green Bay defense has given up. I don't think there was anybody happy with how the outcome of that game was last week with the Rams and the Seahawks, especially <laughs> just see anybody who put money on that one. Cause I'll tell you, I certainly wasn't Julian wasn't Drew. It sounds like you weren't too uh, thrilled about that one either. Let's move over to the, uh, the, actually, I'm sorry, Julian, did you have any closing thoughts on that game? I mean, closing thoughts are if it, if it does wind up somehow being Blake Bortles, then I'm rushing to bet the Packers on the spread and the Rams under on their team total uh, without question. But from the Rams side, we're talking about like how they move the ball, just sticking with the rushing prop. It's, it's Cam Akers. They have to go to him yeah. to keep it close to grind clock, to keep Aaron Rodgers off the field, 70 and a half rushing yards. Uh, and just if you're going at the Green Bay defense, going at them on the ground has been more successful this year. So 70, 70 and a half rushing yards for Cam Akers feels good in like, unless this one winds up in the first, like, 20 minutes of the game being Packers by double digits. Yep. It feels like Cam Akers should get the ball enough to, to get there. Let me see if they are rushing attempt props up yet. Rushing attempt props are up. Aaron Jones and Cam Akers are both set at 16 and a half carries. Tough number. That's tough. I, yeah. I, if Cam Akers was at like 14 and a half, I would say you, you, take the over on that and the only way you lose really is green bay getting off to that quick start all right let's jump over to a game that all of us i think have a lot uh that we're looking forward to in this one this is the ravens at the bills the bills uh, they're two and a half point favorites still trying three. to understand why now it's three i'm three. really wow. really trying to understand this here maybe we'll can we can talk through this one over under set at 50. So obviously this is originally opened up at two and a half. This is now the second or third time we've seen Buffalo at three once upon a time or a back on Tuesday, they're at one and a half. So if there was yeah. a chance that you were going to bet the bed, then that was it there. You may have missed the boat on that one. On that one. Bills have been an excellent team against the spread 11 and six over and overall seven and five as favorites. The Ravens also 11 and six against the spread. Very rarely have they been underdogs this season. Only twice they uh, were, uh, did cover in both of those games. They won against the Colts, not even no brainer in that one, but they did lose against the Steelers earlier in the season when the Steelers were on their undefeated streak and actually looked like a competent team. That was way back in the day, obviously back then. This is one where I like immediately, immediately when I saw the Ravens were underdogs, I'm like, that's it for me. Like, how do you not take the Ravens as underdogs in this situation? And look, I totally get it. Like the bills are on a completely different level on how they're playing. But if there's two ways that you can beat the Buffalo Bills, it's the two positions that Lamar Jackson is really involved with, run and a po- and the tight ends. That's where you're going to beat the Bills. And that's obviously what the Ravens do a lot. They are, we, I don't have to tell you that they run the ball a ton. They're one of the top teams <laughs> in the league are running the ball. But then when it comes when he has to throw, if he's not going to Marquise Brown, which has been his favorite target as of late, he's going to Mark Andrews. 
Let me just tell you what the Colts just did to the Bills uh, defense on both aspects. 153 total rushing yards and a touchdown on 27 attempts last week. And then the tight ends. Phillip Rivers loves his tight ends. But Lamar Jackson loves Mark Andrews. Last week, Phillip Rivers hit his tight ends for 14 catches, 136 receiving yards, and a touchdown. Literally all the ways you can beat the Bills, it plays right into the favor of the Ravens. Drew, please. I know you're going to give me the Ravens love. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I agree with your sentiment. And, uh, you know, just it's number one, it's interesting that DraftKings is leading the market on this Buffalo Bills <laughs> sentiment. Uh, they're leading the market out to three here, which is uh, fascinating. Um, maybe a little regional bias there. Maybe a little Northeast support for, for the home, hometown mm. Bills. Um, we'll see. But the um, you know fundamentals of this game, in your, your sentiment that why are the Ravens a dog? I think that's fair. I mean, it's tough to break this down, you know, this game down anyway, and not say this is a 50 50 game. And if you're going to give me plus money on a side, I'll take it. I mean, that makes total sense to me. Um, If I had to say what am I most confident about in this game, it's probably that the Ravens are going to score points. They're going to get theirs in this one. The Bills defense is not very good. And, you know, specifically, you know, last week, uh, I was nervous about the Ravens largely because what the Titans do poorly on defense where they invite you to attack them is kind of the one thing that the Ravens are the most uncomfortable doing, you know, with the, the downfield passing to the wide receivers. That's like, yeah. the, that's, you know, take them out of their comfort zone. If you really want to attack the Titans weakness. And I thought that that manifest a little bit in the game. The fact that the Ravens only got the 20 points, I think is a little bit of a, uh, you know, proof of concept there. Meanwhile, you know, they come into this matchup with the bills and the Ravens offense fits into what the bills do poorly, like a perfect, puzzle piece and if you can get these guys with speed and movement you know Dobbins and and uh, Lamar Jackson even Gus Edwards if you can get them into the yep. second level against the Bills defense that doesn't tackle well that doesn't play discipline you know gap control uh you know they're going to have no problem moving the ball on you and you know their red zone efficiency going to Mark Andrews I'm expecting to be pretty solid here um and so the idea that the Ravens get into the you know high 20s low 30s I think is very much in play and so the entire handicap then boils down to well what can the Bills do you know, can, are the Bills going to be able to find enough offense to answer? And at face value, they're one of the best offenses in the NFL, but so is Tennessee. And, you know, to a, to the degree that defense does matter a little bit more in the playoffs in the regular season, I think the Ravens do have the better defense in this game. And I'm hopeful that you get a little nerves for Josh Allen. This is, you know, he, we've seen Josh Allen play two playoff games so far. And yep. in both of them, he made a, a, like a couple of plays where you're just like, Yep. Is the moment too big for right. this guy? Right. I mean, the sack against the the sack and fumble against the uh, Colts was wild. Uh, reminded me a lot of you know him with a 16 point lead against the Texans the year before, doing the weird lateral thing, which you know completely flipped the game on them. Exactly. And you know, it, 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 there's a chance that you get a little bit of nerves with Josh Allen, as amazing as he's been playing this year. Um, I can talk myself into a little bit of, an, of a narrative too that the Bills peaked a little early this season. Sure. showed you their best stuff throughout the last half of the season. They put a lot of their best plays on tape. I don't know if they have multiples beyond what they do well in the passing game, which they've already 
communicated very clearly. And you have good defensive coordinators, good defensive coaches for the Raiders. I mean, excuse me, for the Ravens who have, you know, they've watched all that. They, they, they have a good idea of what the, you know, Bill's plan A, plan B, plan C is going to be here. So I'm hopeful that the Ravens defense shows out again, like they did against the Titans um, and, uh, and that the Ravens can get a comfortable win here, but it's going to be a coin flip. It could come down to turnovers, penalties, and that stuff is, is a little random, but uh, uh, I do think that your, your points are fair. Jules. Uh, yeah, I mean, I can't just keep saying the same things over and over again that you guys said. That's why I like the Ravens in this game. The only bet that I have so far this week, I bet it on Sunday night, I think when all the games were over, was Baltimore money line plus 135. And then it moved to one and a half and the money line was down to whatever it was, 115 or so. And I was like, all right, I got my number. And now it's coming back. It's whatever, plus 128 on DraftKings. Like it's right there again. I did not think we would see this come back like this. Um, but it has, and I think the reason maybe that it has is the, the weather is the only thing that we haven't touched on. Um, it yeah. could be a little messy in Buffalo and Lamar Jackson, I saw has never played in the snow. Uh, I don't really care. I feel like you can still run in the snow. Um, and if that makes Lamar Jackson run more, that's good for the Ravens. It's good yeah. for our odds boost that are we going to talk about that now? Do we even know the number? Uh, it's to be determined. You have to go to. It's mysterious. Okay. You have to go to the DraftKings Sportsbook <laughs> to check that out. It's a mystery. You got to go there and be so enticed. So we will. We will have an odds boost opening before Saturday night's game of Lamar Jackson to run for over a hundred yards at plus money, obviously. Uh, and we'll see. We'll see what it looks like. But just looking at the props now, Lamar Jackson's at seventy-four and a half rushing yards. That's his yeah. prop, and I'm going to take that, and I'm going to take our odds boost because in the gotta have it games, he ran for what one thirty-eight last week. Um, and when the Ravens were, were icing that game, he was breaking out even more. It, 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 it's how the, it's how Baltimore has to move the ball in this game and Dobbins will factor in Edwards will factor in. Yes. Uh, but those gotta have it plays from, from Jackson, where maybe you think about not taking off in the regular season, he's going to take off in this game because they have to have it. Uh, so Jackson rushing props are really my, my favorite bet in this game. We're talking about Baltimore putting up points. They didn't do it last week. They should do it this week. 23 and a half team total. That feels yep. very nice. Um, and then Baltimore on the money line, if you want to play it safe, I mean, taking the, taking the plus three makes uh, sense to me as well, but I really think they get this game. I'll just, I'm just going to put it on the on the money line, honestly, and be a be a big Ravens fan. And what is should be an awesome game on Saturday night. Excited <laughs> for the game. Obviously, Drew has a ton of Baltimore. Drew needs it. Let's Drew go. Has a ton of Baltimore futures going, so he's uh, yeah. we're all on the same team here. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, for me, for me, real quick, the Ravens are my favorite teaser piece that you start with. If you're making any two team teaser in this week, I think you have to start with the Ravens. Well, there you go. Oh, yeah. That's there that's you go. You can get paid out on that's your rather point. than going whole whole. Uh, whole weekend you can get paid out on your teaser on saturday if you go packers to win baltimore plus nine right there yeah yeah drew i, I don't like waiting multiple days for things to pay out i just need that day <laughs> so I, I will make a case for any teaser to end that day even if it's one i don't feel comfortable i i need it to end that day are you like a multi-day very, sweat very guy? patient are, are you a multi-day impa- sweat guy he's very impatient sorry sorry i have teasers going from like alabama on monday night to yes. the Chiefs this weekend with an open piece hopefully for next weekend i'm i'm I, drew's patient like me steve just wants all his money in one day he's greedy is, is I, that, it's, is, it's, it's is, all good yeah, yeah all right, so, it's all, so it's, yeah. 
Yeah, it's all good. But but for this weekend specifically, I completely agree. Sunday, I don't see a teaser leg on the board, but I like but I like Packers Ravens a lot. So let's let's squash these rumors right now. Are you a single day guy or are you multi day? Multi. Multi-day. Okay, that's why that's why yeah. you and Julian ho- hooked up together. That's that's, that's cool. That's fine. <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, truly, my two favorites are uh, the Ravens as uh, any start to a teaser that you want there, and then I love Gus Edwards over thirty four and a half rushing yards. Ooh. It is very much the J.K. Dobbins show, but Gus Edwards mixes in more than enough. They basically split the carries in this one. And he's been extremely efficient in that they like using these guys, both in the red zone. Like it's almost a 50, 50 split overall too. So I know Gus Edwards wasn't overly involved last week, but this is such a much better matchup for all the running backs in this one here. Like, honestly, like I look at the overs on all their running, all their rushing yards. I'd like the over Dobbins, all of them. Dobbins is 57 and a half. It's just, just seems so low. Like you could run against this, this bills uh, run defense. So Edwards at 34 and a half. It's a little bit juiced up. It's at minus one thirty four right now but i still think that's a very enticing number i would honestly be shocked if he didn't go over that total he's been great uh like i said it's basically a 50 50 split just go back to the game logs from all throughout the season snap counts uh carries all basically down the middle so i love that one too that's one of my favorite ones that you can target as well like it's a little bit of juice there but you'll make up for it because you're going to hit that odds boost on the jackson so what's the difference <laughs> who cares you pay a little bit extra juice on this one real uh, it- Go ahead. What do you got? I just wanted to really quickly touch just on props since we're, we're running through it. Um, the other piece that we talked about, obviously, of how the Ravens win this game, Mark Andrews, both of his props are juiced to minus 134, but 54 and a half receiving yeah. yards and four and a half receptions. Mm. Those feel like nice spots because Phillip Rivers was going to like three tight ends. Uh, Insane. Jackson goes to one pretty much. Right. So <laughs> All of that volume going to Andrews seems like those are very good numbers. And then on the Bills side, because we haven't talked much Bills side, Josh Allen's 38 and a half rushing yards, but we don't have a Devin Singletary rushing prop yet. And he's going to be the guy now with um, Zach Moss shut down for the rest of the season. So he's more of the pass catching back that he hasn't gotten many carries lately, but he should get double digits in this game. And he's usually like recently he's been under 30 rushing yards for his prop. When that opens up, how much higher does DraftKings set it? Um, if that's in like, if that's lower than 40, I don't know if it will be. I would highly at least want to look at. I would, yeah, we'll have to take a look at that one. And then obviously, of course, Julian gives lots of plays on his Twitter account at Julian Edwell at SBCannon24. If you want just snarky comments, I occasionally <laughs> give plays, but more, mostly snarky. So if that's your game, by all means. Let's move over to the Sunday games. Awesome game to kick off the Sunday game. Browns at Chiefs. Chiefs are 10-point favorites in this one. Pretty pretty much expected on that one. Over under of 57. The Chiefs did open up at design and a half-point favorite. So not a ton of moving on that one. But, you know, Drew, this is one where both of these teams have really not excelled from a betting perspective. Chiefs 7-9 and nine against the spread, only 6-8 and eight as favorites. The um, Browns seven and ten overall against the spread, three and three as underdogs. Kansas City has not been a good over team. Cleveland has. Like I feel like there's a there's an obvious answer here because the Chiefs at minus ten. Like I would I would be surprised if this one is a close one. But if there's one thing that I can kind of hang my hat on, it's kind of giving me some pause. Both teams' strengths on offense play into both teams' weaknesses. 
on defense. You can absolutely throw against the Browns. That secondary is putrid. If it wasn't for the Titans, you know, they'd probably be the second worst secondary that's left. They're probably the worst one left now. You can run against the Chiefs. And we know how much they like using Nick Chubb and how great he's been. Chubb ended the regular season averaging four yards per carry after contact. You can't bring this guy down. He's a beast. That was even a better mark than Derrick Henry. Granted, Derrick Henry is at 3.9 yards. He's right there. But he's just in that. He's just in that category. What are you kind of feeling for this one? Because, you know, like I said, the Chiefs at minus 10 feel like the play. But if the Browns get to an early lead, they're going to be able to run against the Chiefs. Yeah, no, there, there is a wide array of potential game states that make this pretty complicated. Um, but in my in my uh, gut here, I don't think a Browns upset is unreasonable. Uh, boy. I think oh, boy. I think there is there is um, there is the right set of circumstances here that the Browns pull off the impossible. Wow, and it it goes it goes more to well, what are the Chiefs right now? Right, people. I, we, I, do you, I'm sure you guys bet Chiefs down this home stretch last year. Of course, right? yeah, yep. they covered. They covered. They, they covered the every. Ball, they right? covered what eight or nine in a row out of yeah, the five through the Super. They were incredible. Right, anyone that backed the Chiefs last year was rewarded. That's probably you know kind of locked into your anchoring of how good this team can be. And a lot of people are expecting totally. that they're just going to flip the switch and it's going to be that team again this postseason. Well, over the last half of the regular season, we have not seen the same Chiefs that we saw last year. Uh, I want to point a couple of fingers. Number one, at the offensive line is not as healthy and not yes. as good. Number two, the running attack is providing virtually nothing for them right now. And number three, defenses are playing them a little differently. It has kind of become a little bit of a common um, approach for defensive coordinators going up against Pat Mahomes to try as best you can to take away his ability to hit the home run against you. Okay. Pat Mahomes likes to drop way back in the pocket. He likes yeah. to let the plays develop downfield. He likes to let his athletes who have speed beat you because he knows he can unload an absolute, you know, you know, a bomb of a pass that is going to be on target, uh, you know, 40 yards down the field. And any team that was, you know, teams were playing him aggressively, like, okay, the way to solve that is to blitz him. We're going to get to him before the, enough time has elapsed to where, you know, he can't make that pass. Well, that hasn't worked at all. In fact, throughout his career, all the blitzing teams against Mahomes have gotten torched. And then in the last eight weeks or so, teams have stopped blitzing him. In fact, the blitz rate against the Chiefs is down to about 25%, which is among the lower you know, against all opposing quarterbacks. And in concert with that, in concert with the offensive line not playing as well and the running game not being there, they are he's taking more sacks. He's not converting third downs at the same effective rate he was previously. And in fact, over the last four starts he made, his EPA per pass, per dropback, is like 16th or 17th in the league. He's down there with Mitch Trubisky and you know some of these wow. other guys that you would say they're ha you know they're they're just not they're just not going to make it as NFL quarterbacks. He's kind of in that mix. It's really surprising and a lot of people that I know who are very bullish on the Chiefs long term and who are like don't 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 fall into this trap man. Like they're going to flip the switch. Like they're going to start calling the good plays. Like that's possible. Andy Reid might have been saving his most innovative ideas for offense for this playoff run to try to get a second Super Bowl. That's entirely possible, and I could get totally burned on this. But uh, the the Browns' defense, and you're right, they can be passed on. They it's a different way than the Chiefs generally kill people with the pass. They are like okay. 
we'll give you the intermediate stuff. You be efficient and you can move the ball on us through the air. Right. That's not exactly what Mahomes is doing. He's out there hitting home runs. And if you ask him to try to be disciplined, try to move the ball little by little, you know, granted, he's got an amazing matchup with Travis Kelsey against this defense. And every yep. third and short, third and medium, they're probably going to get a conversion going to Travis Kelsey. I don't see how the Browns stop that. But uh, over, you know, any third and long, uh, you know, it's going to be a little bit more difficult against this Browns team, which just doesn't blitz very much. If they're true to their identity and they don't kind of come into this game with, okay, well, we're going to change it up and blitz in this one, then I think the Browns defense might be able to hold their own. And then on the other side of the ball, uh, the Chiefs defense is fine, but they're certainly not as good as they were last year during their Super Bowl run. And you're absolutely right. The, the, you know, the, the Browns offense is peaking right now. I mean, Baker Mayfield is playing at a, you know, at a superlative level over the last half of the season. Chubb and Hunt are a very difficult duo uh, to really wrap your hands around. And they, because you've had those guys all season long, they both have fresh legs here, as opposed to a guy like Derrick Henry, who certainly looked like his legs were cooked last week. Uh, you know, you got, <laughs> got two guys with fresh legs in this one. So it's the path to victory is there if the Browns offensive line comes into this game somewhat healthy, uh, it, my guess is the teller and, and, uh, and um, the center go. And that's important. If those, if those guys are even limited or let or out of this one, then forget about it. Browns are in deep, deep trouble. They're not scoring. Um, right. But if the interior of their offensive line is intact, if, Maybe if Conklin can, can come in and make an appearance, uh, I can talk myself into the Browns being able to score into the 20s here, which I think is going to put a little bit of pressure on the Chiefs who just haven't looked as efficient offensively as we have expected. And I'm willing to make a bet on Browns at plus 10, uh, assuming that the signal we've got from them over the last eight weeks of the season is real and that there's not some magical flip you know, switch that they can flip uh, and uh, just light the world on fire, you know, given what we've seen lately. Julian, I had to confirm this because I was shocked. But since week eight, when the Chiefs covered that minus 20 spread against the Jets, they covered mm -hmm. once the rest of the season. Obviously, the last week of the season, they didn't have their starters going. So that is in the mix, but didn't cover more than one game after week eight. Go ahead. Yeah, they haven't been covering. I'm not I'm not laying 10 with them, uh, but I don't – the only thing I'll say, and it's not a hot take because the Chiefs are minus 500, I, I don't see the Browns <laughs> winning the game. Um, I, I don't necessarily see the path. Uh, this game's weird, man. I don't. I, I, had the Steel, I had the Steelers and Bills teased last week, so I hate the Browns right now. Um, <laughs> do they – like, that was perfectly gift-wrapped, what an, like an emotional right-out-of-the-gates win that you can get fired up for. Um is this now a letdown spot early at Kansas city? Is it a spot where, because that was such a stress-free win, you can just carry some momentum. Um, we know how the chiefs are early in games, not that great, especially going back to even last year's playoffs, they would still cover the games, but they would get down to like minus three on the live line and then still cover the minus 10 that they were for, for the game. So uh, you know, this helps nobody, but we were talking about, yeah. you know, piecing long-term teasers together. Like I took the the nine points on Bama when this was nine and a half, I took the, the chiefs down to a pick them in like three way, nine, nine, uh, three leg, nine piece teasers. And, and I leave some open because I'm patient, Steve, but uh, like for the, for betting this game, I think the chiefs win the game. Andy Reid's coming off basically a double 
by he's going to have something, something ready. Uh, but I will not lay the 10 partially because I think that I do think the Browns will have some momentum. I think the chiefs will start slow. I think you'll get a better number in game if you like the chiefs and I'm because I have some open legs with them to just win the game. I, I can be patient and wait and maybe get, get something live here. Uh, outside of quarterbacks, this is the only game with no props uh, yeah. yet on DraftKings. We have passing props. We have rushing props on the quarterbacks, but we have no running back receiver props. Travis Kelsey, like Drew mentioned, you if, if you're a DFS player, you see uh, setting your lineups that the Browns basically rank last everything tight ends, yeah. um, and you can pay right up for Kelsey. This is one where a lot of that – Tyreek Hill home run production that Drew's talking about. If that's cut off, you know, Tyreek Hill is not running button hooks and coming back to the ball. He's streaking to the end zone. And if that's not there, it's going to Travis Kelsey. So I want Travis Kelsey receptions. I want Travis Kelsey yards because it's going to be that type of game where I think he just has a monster game. So again, no hot take. Give me, give me uh, the chiefs to win the game in like a teaser or a parlay. If you want it as a piece, wait to get Kansas city live. If the opportunity presents itself, if they roll, they roll. We'll have the Kelsey props and those will be in a good spot. If the chiefs get out to a, to a hot start, because Kelsey, I think will play a big role in that. So that's my overall approach to this, this game, I guess. Quick answers only. I was saying that I wanted to make a teaser. Start with the Ravens. Which side is more appealing? Browns at plus 16 or the chiefs at minus four drew. I guess Chiefs at four. That's what I'm thinking too. You're gonna get. You're getting. <laughs> you're getting. Browns right win the game. Yeah, but you're. But in terms of what value you're capturing, I know. I know. Getting the getting the seven. Getting the six. Getting the six and the seven for the Chiefs is is value. Taking the taking the Browns. You know what are you cap, capturing? 14, 13? Yeah. You know th- th- those aren't very valuable numbers. So you're you're getting more EV if you tease the uh, the. Chiefs down, in my opinion. All right, so in that case, Julian, you don't have to answer. Drew just, you know, put you in a coffin and close it, so we don't have to go I agree. on that one. I agree. I was just <laughs> trying to get him to not change his mind, but at least think about it for a second. Well, but I'm I think, not going to play either of those, but uh, you asked me which of the two. Right. It's <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I don't think any of us are teasing this game. <laughs> well, I, I, I mean, I would say from a value perspective, though, and, and I was I agree with Drew here. I feel like if you are going to do the two team, I do think you get a lot of value out of the minus four for the Chiefs. Though. So if you are looking for that value piece, unless you're going to go to Packers, you know, and get them down to basically a pick them. I think the other one w- there would be the Chiefs at minus four. Would you agree or disagree there, Drew? Oh, that, that's fair. Yeah, okay. that's fair. All right, let's close out the NFL section here with Buccaneers at Saints. Obviously, we've seen plenty of memes going around about the two timeless wonders quarterbacking this game in this one. Uh, this is one that I'm kind of struggling with a lot myself, so I'm glad we have two good minds on here. You know, half mind. Drew's been fantastic, so I'm looking forward to what Drew has to say at least. But uh, the Saints are minus three favorites in this one. Over under 51 and a half. That's a tough number, I feel like. I think that's a really tough number there. This opened with the Saints at three and a half, so not much movement on this one the Buccaneers nine and eight against the spread two and one against the spread as underdogs the Saints 10 and seven overall nine and six as favorites but important to note I feel like the Saints are seven and six against the spread specifically with Drew Brees we have to remember that too because obviously Taysom Hill was in there for plenty uh too much we still see him too much 
Uh, Drew, we don't like Taysom Hill on this show, so I hope you're not a big fan or anything. No posters at your house, but we're not a big fan of Taysom Hill. Seven and six against the spread with Drew Brees. What are your thoughts on this one, Drew? This is one I think I'm struggling with the most. I feel like this could go either way, but I also feel like you can't really take into account the two games we saw with them already because I feel like this Buccaneers team is not even the same team that we saw when these teams played in the first half because especially defensively, they're crumbling. Like they're absolutely crumbling, especially in the secondary. This is a team that you're going to be able to throw against. Obviously Drew Brees is not the quarterback we've seen before. He's not going to take a lot of those deep shots, but he has all of his weapons at his disposal. He has Michael Thomas. He has Alvin Kamara. That's the biggest factor for me. But then also on the other side, Marshawn Lattimore has been extremely beatable this season. And if you give the Buccaneers too many ways to beat you, that's where you're going to run into trouble. So that's kind of where I've been so conflicted here. I think the line is set perfectly at minus three. Take it away, man. Yeah, no, I agree. I think my, my number on this is New Orleans by three, two. I, I completely agree with the original line movement. Anyone that got Tampa Bay at plus three and a half made a good bet. I don't think it's going back. Um, and you know, I, your points are all reasonable. Uh, I am, I'm, I'm a little, uh, in, I would, I would point to different reasons that the first two games are not a great indication. Um, the first game, the saints won. if they don't win the turnover battle, they're three, zero, they lose that. Sure. Game. They're often stunk. Mm-hmm. Their yep. defense played fine, but if they don't come away with the takeaways, then they lose. Um, in the second game, you had no alley market who is a hugely important player for the uh, uh, hugely important player on the offensive line for the Buccaneers. And, you know, without Marpet in the game, Tom Brady was pressured up the middle constantly and the Buccaneers offense was useless. And at full strength offensive line last week against the Washington football team did great. And the Washington football team didn't have the best rushing, you know, pass rush scheme. I thought they needed to come at Brady up the middle and try to get there quicker. They didn't. They went with the sort of we're going to rush around the edges and get to him. And the ball was gone by the time they got there every single freaking time. Uh, I think the Saints are smarter. I think the Saints are going to have a better scheme. They know exactly what to do against Tom Brady. There's This is not a surprise. Anyone who's been watching football for the last 20 years knows if you come at Brady up the middle and generate pressure, you're going to disrupt them. And I think the Saints are going to try that. And I think that it has potential to work. Now, Marshawn Lattimore also has, for whatever reason, just been an absolute beast in his career matching up against uh, Mike Evans. I don't know what it is between those two guys, but he has done well covering Evans. So that's that's a positive for the Saints. And then, as you mentioned, with Michael Thomas out there with Kamara at full strength, um, the way they're integrating Harris now in the passing game, Manuel Sanders as a nice third option. And then, um, you know, that they, they're, you know, you know, uh, Latavius Murray as a, as a, you know, change, change of pace back. Yep. All of it is, you know, and Sean Payton is the better coach, better offensive mind, better play caller, better play sequencer, in my opinion. And if he, he if he calls this game aggressively, if he knows, you know, that they, they're going to need to score and put pressure on this team to win. Uh, I think the saints get it done and move on to the NFC title game. Uh, I don't have a strong opinion on what Brady and that, you know, embarrassment of riches from an offense is going to do here. Um, Brady has obviously been lighting the world on fire over the last handful of weeks, but he's gone up against some pretty weak defenses. So there could be some, you know, a little bit of, uh, potential the market is overreacting here and giving Brady a little too much credit. We'll see. But, uh, I would, I would lean, uh, saints advance, but I don't have a, a solid angle to play here. Yeah. Real quick, just before I get to your take, Julian, I'm glad you mentioned the thing about Brady being under pressure because 
Overall, during the regular season, he was only under pressure on 24% of his dropbacks. So when he was under pressure, his adjusted completion percentage was at like 51.7%. Just to kind of put that into perspective, that was in the same range as Carson Wentz, who is no longer a quarterback, by the way, and Drew Locke. Like that, he was near the bottom of the league in that scenario. So getting pressure on him has been one of those keys for team, teams to find success, but they also haven't been able to do it on a more consistent pace. Uh, Julian, what do you got there? beating Brady in the playoffs has been getting pressure on him since like the first giants super bowl that they lost. Like, yeah, that's how, that's how you do it. And nothing has changed in the last 15 years. Uh, so that's what the saints need to do to stop this offense in this game. Washington wasn't necessarily able to do it, but they had a shot to win that game. They were, they were yep. probably closer than they should have been. So that's not encouraging for Tampa in my mind. Just looking at Tampa's season isn't all that encouraging in my mind. And I have, you know, I got in early on some Bucks futures right when we started hearing the Brady rumblings at like plus 1,800 to win the NFC, over plus 3,000 to win the Super Bowl. So I'm going to need to do some hedging on Saints money line uh, this week. The time has arrived. I risked it with Washington. I said they'll get by in this game. Now I got to start going the other way. Um especially because I do think that this, I lean to the saints winning this game. Uh, I don't see any value on three. I'm not going to play anything on three um, because of my futures. I can lay the extra juice on, on the, the money line for the saints, but just look at Tampa's season for a second. Um, let's because Washington had a losing record. Let's not even count them as a, as a playoff team of the 12 wins that Tampa has. 11 were over non-playoff teams or losing teams like Washington. One, the home win over the Packers. Now it's an impressive one because if you win this game, you're probably going to Lambeau to play a team that you blew out 38 to 10. I don't know what necessarily happened there from the Packers. It was Adams' first game back from injury, I think. So he was on the field, but maybe not quite right. That's it. That's the only impressive win the rest of the teams are not good you go through the losses it's two to the saints um one to the bears by one in chicago we remember brady holding up the fingers uh the the two to the saints a three-point loss to the rams at home a three-point loss to the chiefs at home that was a blowout that they backdoored i think they were down 17 in the in the fourth quarter and and backdoored the three and a half um uh, it's not encouraging that the Bucks can go on the yeah. road and, and win this game. So that's really my, my only takeaway on, on the game itself. I do think that the saints will, will win. I don't think Tampa necessarily has it in them from the props perspective. If Mike Evans is getting shut down by Lattimore, maybe we look to, you know, Brady for some reason has this obsession with Antonio Brown, who is a absolute lunatic, but Brady loves him. Over four and a half receptions, that seems fair. He seems to yeah. force, almost force the ball to Antonio Brown. Um, so if if Evans, who's you know a good red zone target this season, if if he's going to be a little bit covered up, four and a half receptions, fifty four and a half yards for Antonio Brown, those seem like good spots. Especially if we all like the Saints and think Tampa might be playing from behind in this game. 
Yeah, I don't, I don't agree with that one. Obviously, uh, you look at who is going to be drawing coverage with Brown. It's probably going to be Janoris Jenkins. He's been kind of hit or miss this year. Don't hate the matchup for Brown. I mean, Brady's going to try to get the ball to him either way. But you look at Jenkins, uh, just under a 60%, 60% catch rate, 12.6 yards per reception he's allowed on the year. So I don't hate that one. Uh, I just worry that Mike Evans, he looked pretty healthy to me, man, last week. And, you know, especially in the red zone, that's going to be Brady's guy. So kind of going to wait on the props on that one. Drew, do you have any closing thoughts on this one before we quickly uh, just do a quick NBA segment? I think there's probably going to be some live opportunities to come in on this one because it's going to be a competitive game. I think, um, you know, I I think either, either team down, is going to have a chance to come back in this one. The, the, the Bucks don't run the ball well enough to play keep away. Uh, and the Saints, you know, the, and the Bucks have enough offensive weapons to pass their way back in. So I think whichever team takes the early lead, it's not crazy to come in on a live side uh, against, you know, looking for a comeback. <laughs> All right, so moving over to the NBA, just want to get uh, some of your quick thoughts on this, Drew. Obviously, you know, with COVID and everything, it's been a pretty difficult year. We've seen some, you know, late scratches, if it's due to injury or guys going on the health protocol list or whatnot. Um, what's been your overall thoughts here with, you know, trying to cap the NBA season, even this early so far? I mean, through the first handful of games here, it's very much felt like the preseason. There's been a lot of blowouts. <laughs> there's been a lot of unpredictability. Uh, there's been some very uninspired play from some teams that we expected to contend. Uh, I think things will settle down as we get later into January and into February here. But uh, so far, it's been you've had to you had to pick your spots very carefully because uh, motivation has been up and down like crazy. Like, uh, I've, you know, Denver Dallas is a good game last week where you kind of felt going into that game that the stakes were high. You know, these were two teams expected to compete for the West, and you felt like you were going to get honest efforts out of both of them. And that that turned Uh-oh. getting up playing against the Knicks and, you know, really, you know, not, not getting up to play some of the, uh, the teams that, uh, that really just don't have much of a chance in the Eastern conference. Uh, it's, it's made the, it's made things look more level than they are. Uh, I think as we uh, kind of get into the meat of the season here, I think the cream will rise to the top. I think the yep. trade uh, that, that the um, Nets made for James Harden will probably put them into realistic consideration for the Eastern Conference Championship. Um, obviously, that's not saying a lot. You know, got, you know, with Kevin Durant, they were already in the conversation. But Durant and Harden on the floor together is going to be really, really tough to defend, uh, even if you're as good a defense as Milwaukee is. Uh, I think it's shaping up to where – you, pr- you realistically have four contenders in the East right now, um, Bucks, Nets, uh, Celtics, and, um, uh, and Heat still are, are real. And depending on matchup there, I can see any of those four teams getting to the finals. The West is all about the Lakers. No one's beating the Lakers in the West. It's not close. And realistically, any price in the plus 250 range or better for the Lakers to win the title, you probably just grab it now. I expected them to come out a little slower, not really give you honest effort, and yet they're still just beating the brakes off of teams. Uh, This Lakers team is probably winning their second title this year. I totally agree with the large majority of what you, what you said there. Um, I will say, depending on how Brooklyn gels, like that scary level golden state with Durant type of talent that uh, if you, if you said the Nets beat the Lakers, I don't think that would, that would shock anybody. We just have to see the personalities come together. 
Um, and I'm not worried. At all. I mean, maybe James, we see the fat James Harden pictures on Twitter. Maybe he needs to run himself into shape in Brooklyn, but that'll only take a few weeks. We know the relationship with Kevin Durant is good. Those are the two guys. Kyrie's the guy that we need to figure out if he's going to be a piece of this or not. Um, the back end of my, <laughs> my days on the Celtics beat uh, were Kyrie's first year here, and I did some locker room stuff with him, and he's like, just overthinks everything. Yeah, sure. just, he's not, <laughs> I don't know. Nobody likes Kyrie right now. The dude's crazy. <laughs> so I would not be shocked if they move him by the deadline, uh, if it doesn't work out over the next month. And all of a sudden it's Harden and Durant in Brooklyn, which would just be kind of hilarious. Um, but from, from the COVID, the COVID, uh, you know, tags on games, I think that like you're saying blowouts looking for those is a, is a great piece and just grabbing a line when, when guys are ruled out, but for prop props for me have been the the big thing here, because when we have a few guys out jumping on a player prop is a, is a larger edge in, in my mind than, uh, than getting on the game line. It didn't necessarily work out last night. Last night, the Pelicans were without three starters. I grabbed Brandon Ingram over 22 and a half points. He has 22 with seven minutes left in the game. <laughs> Doesn't get there. Tim Hardaway <laughs> Jr. with all the Mavericks down, grab him over 18 and a half points. He finishes at 18. Bad night for it, but it's been working. Um, I guess my my last question for you, NBA related. Uh, you you like the Lakers a lot. I like the Lakers to. I don't know if my favorite bet would be to win it all or to just win the West, just to you know the potential of of Brooklyn coming out of the East. Um, how close do you think things are in the Eastern conference between Brooklyn and the three other teams that you mentioned? Because I agree yeah. that it is the heat, the bucks and the Celtics in there. Give me a break with Philly. The Raptors need to think about making the playoffs to begin with. Um, there's uh, not much picked. else there. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it's those four teams. I mean, the, the Pacers are going to be in the mix too. And the, and the Sixers are going to be in the mix too, just because of record. But I don't think realistically either of those teams is winning a best of seven series against the four we mentioned. Um, Bucks coaching is a huge, huge, huge problem. They yep. have yet to, yet to, you know, get over the hump in terms of putting together a playoff rotation, making in-series adjustments that gets them there. So I think it's close because they're the most talented with Giannis, obviously. Uh, but and, you know, and, and similarly, the Nets are probably the second most talented with Durant, but Steve Nash certainly doesn't look like he has a very good grasp of what he wants to do with this team from a vision standpoint. So coaching could hold those two teams back, which I do think gives uh, a very realistic chance for the Celtics and the Heat to get back into the mix. I mean, the talent, last, there's a talent gap. Eastern Conference final. That's right. There's a talent gap between those four teams, you know, the two and the two. But there's a coaching gap as well. And the better coaching is almost certainly uh, Celtics a heat. Uh, maybe a better coach for a given series is Spolstra. A better coach for a given game is uh, is Stevens. But um, I, I think it's pretty close. I don't think the market really reflects kind of how tight the top four bunch together in that conference. All right, that is going to wrap it up for this edition of the Unreasonable Odds podcast. Drew, seriously, thank you so much, man, for coming on the show. Really appreciate you having having you on. As I mentioned, follow him on Twitter, Will underscore Capper, and then, of course, subscribe to the YouTube channel, Deep Dive on YouTube. Look that baby up. Get some information. Uh, you're pretty, uh, you pretty much say you're daily because you, you're, you're busting out those videos fairly quickly lately. 
kind of. You can. There's daily content. I'm not always involved, but we're doing we're doing stuff. Uh, we're doing stuff three four days a week for football at least. Once once uh, once NFL season rolls, we'll probably start doing some daily NBA. I think. But uh, so a lot get, of content. Get, get the whole thing going. You first you watch the unreasonable odds, and then you go right over to the deep dive with with Drew <laughs> and the whole cast over there. The whole day is covered. Your whole work day is covered. Get all the information you need for all of your betting needs for Drew. We're Julian Edlow. Mark Jackson odds boost. Go bet for Mark Jackson odds boost brought to you by Unreasonable Odds Podcast. Do it now. There's no reason to not do it unless it's Saturday and it might be gone. So if it's Friday, please go do it. But if you missed it, you know, we're going to be doing these weekly. So don't you worry your pretty little head. For Steve Buchanan, that's me, Julian Edlow. See you guys next week. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.